This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 49 at the Healthy Critters Radio. On the Horse Radio Network, Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we talk with Herb Lewis, retired vice president of New Chapter Supplements. The breed of the show is the giant Flemish rabbit. In Critter Nutrition, we learn how to feed the hard keeper. And in Coffee Clatch, we pick our favorite innovations in tack and horse care in the last 40 years. Join us. Tiggy, really? Guess what? What? Countdown to uh, November 27th. Radio song! <laughs> Seeds for <laughs> kindness! Ooh. Seeds for kindness. It's our launch. Oh, that's awesome. Same day as the Radiothon. Yeah. Really? How cool is that? Is that not cool? That's that so is cool. cool. <laughs> can, it, can, we pre, can we pre-order it on Amazon or something? Seeds for Kindness? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, that's your nope. website. I'm thinking of your book. You've got so much no. going on, Tigger. That's I know. Your, it's, that's it's, your... hard to track her. Yeah. it's hard to what's track the, her. Now, what's the title of the book? The World According to Kimasabi. That's the book. Now, Seeds for Kindness is your website where we it's can go to do and... our shopping in a more earth-friendly, people-friendly, animal-friendly fashion, right? Correct. And the products are starting to roll in, you know, what we've ordered. And I tell you, it's, it's like Christmas every day at Biostar. Oh, a, a new box shows up and, you know, we've already seen the samples. And But then when you get the whole shipment, like that, we just got this shipment from this company called Birds of a Sweater. Okay, great Aww. name, right? This woman hand makes out of old sweaters like old fair isle sweaters mm-hmm. she makes birds out of them and stuffs them with organic catnip for cats to play with oh and she gives a percentage of her profits to um her local shelter to take care of the cats that's so neat and these birds are so charming and the cats go absolutely bonkers for them. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that sounds that sounds great. It it's all these you know, the thing about starting this has been finding these companies all over the world. They're little. They could be little artists, groups of artists. And and their effort to bring goodness to the world. Mm is so powerful. That's so neat. That is so neat. And I think to the cool thing about seeds for kindness is it's, it's about spreading the good things. And we just looked at, at a a sample yesterday, this um, little company in India, and they are supporting, um, helping women that have been trapped in the sex slave industry. Mm. They make out of recycled paper, out of recycled paper, they make beads. 
Wow. And these beads are glazed, and then they string them on necklaces and bracelets. Oh, my gosh. Extraordinary. Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be neat to see, guys. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm really excited, and, and I'm glad to, to have something that is a positive force in the world, because it, it, it's it's tough times now, and mm-hmm. um, and the fact that I'm finding all these little companies is so heartwarming. It's like yes, yeah. don't listen to the news. You know yep. they're all yep. bringing you the dark side of the force. There's a lot of light going on in the world. Yeah, yeah. You just have to look for it. You know, you just, just have, have to look for it. And seeds for kindness is just bringing all the light into one place. Right. Yeah, so, I agree. November twenty seventh. Radiothon on Horse Radio Network and Seeds for Kindness and December 1, The World According to Kimasabi. Woohoo! Now for Seeds, awesome. for Seeds for Kindness, what is the, so we just, uh, www.seedsforkindness.com. There we go. Check it out. Our charity cool. is uh, American Forests. Woo. So a percentage of all profits will be donated to American Forests and their mission is to plant more trees throughout the U.S. You can never have enough wow. trees. Never, can never. Have yep, enough true. Trees. That's true. That's true. There we go. Well, cool. cool. Let's get on with the show. Sounds good. Let's do it. And we're here with my very good friend Herb Lewis. He was my mentor. He actually got me into um, the nutrition industry way back in 1982. So I owe him this enormous debt of gratitude, which is why I'm having him on the show is my thank you. I'm not sure he may see it that way, but <laughs> Herb um, is one of the most um, well-known lecturers um, on nutrition in the health food industry and worked for many years as vice president. He's now retired of New Chapter, which is the largest whole food supplement company for humans. So you can see that that I the tie-in, we talk a lot about whole foods for horses and dogs. So now I thought it was a great opportunity to talk about it as it relates to riders and horse owners. So Herb, welcome to Healthy Critters. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So lots of riders and owners um, take multivitamin supplements, and it's sort of a, a, a minefield out there, all these different brands and kinds and so what would be some of your tips and suggestions about how to narrow the field down to find the right multivitamin for an individual? Well, I've always felt that the best multivitamins that are out there today are ones that are derived from and contain a wide rec- a range of constituents from food, as opposed to what are called isolates, which are really kind of factory-made vitamins and minerals that are single individual molecules not contained to the complexity of food. And when you get vitamins and minerals combined in food, I think they're more active. You don't need mega doses. And they give a wide range of benefits that might not be available from uh, uh, pure crystalline pharmaceutical isolates. So that's the first distinction. There's several good brands out there that offer that new approach to taking multivitamins. That's the first step, I think. Okay, what? how can you, by reading a label, know whether you're taking an isolated 
vitamin or one that is derived from food or combined with food? Well, I think it'll tell you something on the front of the label, uh, food state or uh, food bound or fermented from whole food. That'll be a tagline underneath the brand and the product name. And then if you look at the nutrients, if they're super high mega potencies like B vitamins above 50 milligrams each, then you pretty much know there's no room for any more food and they are more pharmaceutical. They're not bad for you. They're just inefficient, ineffective. And the reason that they're such mega doses is because they're uh, much less effective. So you need more of them for the body to convert them into active coenzyme forms that vitamins need to end up in. In the food forms, they're already in those areas. So they're more effective, more efficient, and more potent. What would be, uh, you know, riders are, are pretty active people. They're, they're athletes in their own right. Um, what would you suggest that, that a rider typically look for as to balance of vitamins and minerals? Anything else they need in their herbs, other foods? What would be some, some good ingredients to look for? Yeah, a lot of times the multivitamin will be just basic or generic, or it may be labeled as energetic or an energy formula, and those are great for energetic people, and it's a good tip right on the label. makes it easy to shop, and uh, I think if it's got some any kind of energizing, stimulating herbs with it or foods with it, anything from ginseng to mahuang to uh, uh, other active herbals that maca and things like that. You look for those kinds of energetic uh, components of the multiples and they work great. There, there are classifications of multis now that are so, I mean, it used to be just sort of, you know, one size fits all. Now there's, you know, 25 different categories within multis. Are those helpful women over 40, men over 40? Is that something that, that people should look for based on their age? I think that uh, probably the differences that identify a multivitamin for a man or a woman are really very slight. More calcium, okay. more folic acid for men. I mean, for women and uh, perhaps more iron and uh, soft palmetto other for men. But basically, they're pretty good uh, across the board. I, the energy ones generally have something added that you'll feel. And that's what you might look for if you're an active person. Do you have a, can you, can you recommend a, 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 a <laughs> my dogs are in the background too. And they were barking at the postman who comes every single day for five years and they still bark. Now what's up with these creatures? <laughs> they just want to report that they're still doing their job. And so it's okay to feed them. I think. <laughs> Thank Sorry goodness. about that. Yeah. Um, what would you recommend as a good, um, energy multivitamin name well i you know i ran and built new chapter for about 15 years so those are the ones i'm most familiar with uh I there's a new lot chapter. of good choices i love new chapter I and they are chapter. whole food fermented vitamins that biotransform bio the vitamins into their active coenzyme forms, and they're very efficient. So I like that brand. There's other good brands out there for sure. Uh, and again, there's an energy multi from New Chapter that I developed, so I've got a very strong... What's it strong, called? Uh, it's called Energy. 
and uh, <laughs> and it's a good one. I it's got all of the bells and whistles you might want with uh, activating herbals and and uh, higher levels of nutrients that are excellent. So that would be my best recommendation. But uh, you can ask the person in the health food store what they recommend too, because they they'll have the choices and and give you those opportunities to pick one that's right for you. Good point. So turmeric, um, since you are the turmeric king. And this is one of her favorite things to talk about. <laughs> yes, I, I think of you as the turmeric king. Okay, well, um, there you go. I do take it every day, and I've been recommending it to people. So, okay. Talk about so you, turmeric. But you have a lot turmeric. of experience with turmeric. Um, you've seen how it's grown. Um, I mean, you've seen it. You understand the plant from a very... Um, from the ground to the product in a way that a lot of people don't. So what would be the benefits? First of all, turmeric is the world's most important, most researched botanical. It's got a wide range of benefits. It's a, uh, it's considered a spice. And the difference between an herb and the spice is that a spice is an herb with pungent compounds like tumorones and curcumin and other active little bit, spicy or warming components. And those things are tremendously invaluable. The first thing about turmeric is that it's a, it's an amazing and well-researched uh, anti-inflammatory. And inflammation is definitely the silent killer. Not mm-hmm. necessarily just swelling when you bang your elbow or get thrown off your horse or something, but micro-inflammation in the cells, which which cause stress, which bring about a whole cascade of problems, certainly aging. I used to call it inflammation aging. So inflammation is a danger. It's aging. It's the basis under which things like cancer and heart disease can develop. So taking turmeric as a regular controller of inflammation, in the body is anti-aging. It's healing. It's beneficial. Also, its benefits at cardiovascular are huge. There are over 140 published university and clinical studies on turmeric, which is amazing because a lot of people don't think herbs have been tested. Mm -hmm. Uh, Turmeric has been. It has been. So it's benefits for cardiovascular, including reducing the inflammation in the linings of the arteries, reducing cholesterol, improving markers in general. Very important. Uh, Great for the liver. And that's a big key, too. It's a liver healer a liver regenerator, and those are huge benefits. So heart, inflammation, liver, et cetera, that's turmeric. Uh, I could, I can recommend when taking turmeric to make sure you get more of a whole plant extract because what's happening now is that a key marker for turmeric, and for, in fact, in part of its Latin name is curcumin, Curcumin is a key element in turmeric, but it doesn't work alone. But using harsh solvents or high heat extracts, they can now isolate curcumin, throw away Mm -hmm. the turmeric, isolate Mm -hmm. the curcumin, and give you a 90-95% curcumin, which actually has side effects. In fact, curcumin, if taken in high doses in some cases, can burn a hole in your stomach. But if you take whole turmeric, it'll repair the damage. So it shows you that the tumorones and and uh, showgills and other components in there are incredibly helpful. It's like a team. 
and they work together. If you take the whole turmeric, the curcumin will act more effectively without any side effects. So um, a supercritically extracted or whole turmeric extract is the best possible choice there. And everybody should be taking it. It's just that valuable, that well-researched, that simple, important, inexpensive, and it should be part of everybody's diet. Now, I take it in a tea, as a tea, a turmeric ginger tea. That's what I was going to ask is how do you, how would, what do you recommend? How do you recommend taking it? I think super critically extracted tumor because one capsule can give you the effect of probably eight glasses of tea in terms of the wide spectrum of constituents in it. Yeah, you got to drink a lot of tea. Tea generally is an extraction process, it's a hot water extract. Right. And it may concentrate the turmeric three or four times. Supercritically extracted is three or four hundred times. So what so exactly does that mean, supercritically extracted? Is that CO2? Yeah. Yeah. It's pressurized dense gas that under the right time and pressure converts into a, 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 a superfluid. A superfluid is a different form of it under that pressure. And there it grabs and extracts all the lipophilic compounds. And brings them out. And, of course, the active ingredients in turmeric are fatty or lipophilic. So it's it's a great technology. Oh, it doesn't use any solvents. You don't have to burn solvents off at the end of it. It doesn't use alcohol. And it's great. Uh, it's a really important aspect. In fact, the uh, supercritical extraction is now used in cannabis. Yeah, I was uh, just going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Beat yeah. to the punch. Wow. Right. In fact, the CBD, the good CBD healing uh, compounds are super critically extracted. It's just very effective and it's clean and concentrated. How about this issue of black pepper and turmeric? Yeah, that was my question. Well, I think there's a component in black pepper that helps the piperine and, and the piperine helps absorption in the gut it's kind of a carrier through the uh uh through the gut so i don't haven't seen any studies on it together but why not pepperoni is important too so if you take a compound of different herbs highlighting turmeric that's a good way to go too i think what would you what would that compound complex be for instance turmeric uh, uh. <laughs> well, I, I would use. You Zyphomen. taught me well, my friend. <laughs> I would use Zyphomen, which is our own at New Chapters, uh, 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 anti-inflammatory herbal, highly tested, used at uh, Columbia Presbyterian for prostate cancer and precancers, used at uh, MD Anderson in a bunch of studies. Really, really well researched. It's turmeric dominant. It's got nine other herbs in it so that's a broad spectrum component contains ginger and green tea and several other spices with it and that's a great compound it works and uh good for is soreness it, and is it just called turmeric i mean is no, it it's called zyflamend z-y-f-l-a-m-e-n-d and you can see what a tremendous marketer i am to come up with a name that nobody can pronounce or spell yeah, I mean, she just That's spelled it, and I still don't have it. <laughs> we, exactly. We want to keep it very exclusive. 
obviously. So we came up with a marketing plan that wouldn't make it too widely used. <laughs> well done. Okay, oh. I did just find it. <laughs> oh, well, good. There's a you can find it. Tablet. It. Um, uh, well, it, it, it's an it's a soft gel mm -hmm. with uh, a liquid in it, and you can also we dried that on turmeric, literally. Oh, wow. uh, in, in, in a two piece cap. So you kind of have your choice. I like the, I like the, uh, the soft gels, the, the liquid form. And it doesn't, works doesn't fast. It works fat? great. Doesn't turmeric, like, doesn't turmeric need a, is augmented with an addition of fat, like coconut oil or. I, I think that would be, be good. But remember the turmeric concentrates are oily already. Okay, and so, so they'll absorb it for It's good to take it with food because for the novice or the uh, civilians, first time, it might be a little spicy. You can burp <laughs> it up and think you've just been to a Thai restaurant. <laughs> so I, I tell the rookies to take it with food. Uh, the more uh, advanced can just throw a couple down, but two or three uh, soft gel capsules a day will give the benefits that have been researched at couple of great clinics around the world, a lot of a lot of published research, which if you're interested, you could look it up pretty easy on PubMed. Oh we'll yeah. The studies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How that, about using turmeric just as a you know ground root? Yeah, of course. I mean, if you look at um, southern India, for example, where they eat curried food and turmeric foods for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah. And they get a lot of it. A lot of them, for just example, are heavy smokers, and yet their lung cancer and incidents are one-fifth of people such as in the Eastern world who don't need any turmeric. You just have to eat a lot of it. You have to get more of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very difficult to find an Indian restaurant on a daily basis, so it might be easier to take a capsule, but of course you can eat turmeric and food. In fact, there's a, a, a well-used product in India and Indonesia that's a fermented honey sweetened turmeric drink. Ooh. Now that's a spice. That's a spicy meatball, but uh, <laughs> it has it, it has benefits. It really has benefits. So I'm very high on turmeric, and I hope that anyone that listens will uh, heed our yeah. suggestion. Add that to the diet, and there are definite definite rewards and health benefits for doing so. Giving it to dogs can work. It's spicy, so you want to be careful uh, how you add it to the food. But uh, animals do great with it yeah. if they can get it down. So that's recommended, too. I used to puncture up just a couple of Zyphlamen capsules and mix it into the dog food so it wouldn't be too spicy and they'd eat it. Good effect, especially if there's joint ailments and yep. other things like that, that inflammation drives. We just use an organic turmeric. Yeah. Um, it's not super critically extracted. No, that'd be um, too spicy. Right. E exactly. And that's what we use for the, the canine and equine products. And we have no idea. problem with the palatability. Right. Because it's not that super concentrated format, right. which is exactly. great. And it's bound Good in thinning. Good thinning, quick straw. <laughs> <laughs> Herb, it's it's so great to have you on. I hope you'll come back. We can talk about other um, important ingredients for rider health. 
And I, I'm just so honored to, to have you on the show. And thank you so much for your time. And thank you for not letting in any, out any of our little secrets. Of, of and you past. too. Thank goodness. <laughs> Oh, I can't hey. hear her. Hedwig, are you there? Yes. Oh, there you are. You sounded like you were way far away there for a moment. It is not my fault. As usual, nothing is my fault. Of course not. <laughs> Duh. God, these people are such jerks. <laughs> I was asleep, you know. <sighs> So, Hetty, I understand you had a recent adventure with a supplement. Yes, Kibble. And if I may say, your company is making very dangerous things. Very dangerous. <laughs> Would you like to tell us the story? So you may know from our past conversations, I'm a big fan of the furnace bars. Yes, big fan. Yes. We'll jump right in the bin and just go right to town. Yep, head down. Mouth open, that's how I roll. And we have a similarly large bin of similarly shaped cookies called Equilibrium, which are for the horses who are uh, dragons, basically dragons. And for babies, sometimes they're just young dragons and will turn out to be horses, yay, but sometimes they're just dragons. One was still a dragon, yeah. Anyway, so I thought to myself, why not have a nice time in this bin of cookies? Um, and my human said no, that this was a bad choice. But she gave me, wanted to give me just a little piece of a cookie. And maybe while she was giving my sister a little piece, I knocked over the bin. <laughs> and some cookies, maybe two. And maybe four, but she took two back and I gave <laughs> up the others. Anyway, some number of cookies somehow wound up near me through no fault of my own. And I was forced fed the cookies. Uh, and then I was stoned. <laughs> So you can see why my account of how this uh, drugging occurred might be confused because I was forced to the cookies and they um, they affected my thinking and memory. I understand you walked into a wall. I did, yes. There's no need to smirk. Kimball, I can hear you smirking. Rude. Rude. I, got I would up. give to see that. I got up to see my human servant because she was bringing a horse in from the arena the way she does. And always I get up with my sister to go bark at her to make sure she's alive and hasn't screwed something else up. And so I went out, but I sort of lost my balance and <laughs> fell over a little bit. And then I went running a little bit into a wall. Well, word of advice, Hetty, equilibrium cookies by Biostar are not for dogs. They're definitely yeah. not for small so, dogs. 
think we all know that, Kibble. <laughs> How long were you sleeping? Um, a while. Like last <laughs> night, I was still pretty stoned. I couldn't really, I, I didn't even do taxidermy squirrel on the way up the stairs. And I couldn't bark. Oh, that's nice. Have that's another one. <laughs> They work for dogs, you homicidal maniac. <laughs> well, but now that we know how well they work on you, when you get into your, you know, panicked anxiety state, maybe that's a good choice. I want to point out that I was forced to eat through no fault of my own two equilibrium cookies, which is the same dose that was used to tame a dragon. Get it to behave. I dragged him. So do you know how long you were sleeping? I mean, like the all night? Oh, no, I didn't sleep. It was more like drunken fish staring out of aquarium window. <laughs> My eyes were open, but I couldn't really see out of them. And if I tried to move, I would sort of roll over. <laughs> Well, but have you, have you learned your lesson? I could walk, no problem. But I just couldn't really bark or focus my eyes. The most important question, though, Hedwig, is did they taste good? Yes, they were delicious. I That's the only thing that counts. <laughs> That's the most important thing of all right there. They tasted good. Thank I little you. dry, maybe. I mean, what? Well, thank you very much for the report. Uh, we will, oh, it will be duly noted. <laughs> yes. Just be careful. Kiggle will put poison cookies in your food, too. We will keep that They're in not mind. poison. Sure. You Tell just, you just OD'd. Right. It's a very safe substance if you weigh over 1,500 pounds, but I weigh 10 pounds. Well, you shouldn't have gotten in that bag, Hetty. That's your own fault. It's not a bag. It's a big plastic tub. You got into the tub. That's your own fault. Which yeah. I did use my little we need, we need to work on curbing your enthusiasm, Hedwig. Thank you very much for stopping by to Thanks, visit. Thanks, Eddie. Bye. Bye. And now it's time for the breed of the show. We are now at what we're going to refer to as the bunny section of our show. <laughs> <laughs> And you can see my co-hosts are quite excited about this. Tigger thought it was time to branch out from our normal critters. And I have chosen the Flemish giant rabbit. I can't wait to tell you about this rabbit. <laughs> Jennifer knows a little bit because she has a friend that just got one. Um, I, I was just you know, researching and deciding which one I thought would be sort of interesting. And I have to be honest, I was just so guffawed at its size and what it, apparently they're the largest rabbit there is. And the males, which are also known as bucks, can get up to 22 pounds. The, that's a, I mean, can you imagine a cat that size? I have one that's 24 pounds. Okay. Well, if you decide to get a um, <clears throat> Flemish giant rabbit. I'll be right at home. Yes, you will. Yes. The females get up to about 20 pounds. Um, they, the males have a distinctly broader head, which um, 
<laughs> that's the least of their worries. I, that's the least of their worries. <laughs> they come in seven different colors, and it's sort of funny. Um, they, they come from black all the way to fawn, and they have a whole bit, bunch of different types of grays in there. And there's like steel grays and cobalt grays, but they're just fluffy, cute little bunnies. <laughs> they have um, they have a, um, a, a semi kind of thick coat. It's um, and does need regular grooming. And regular, actually, they call it mild grooming. I'm not sure what that means. But um, as far as their confirmation, and and you, you'll be tickled by this, both of you, their appearances, they're a semi-arch-type rabbit, and they have a mandolin shape. I don't know what exactly that means, but I'm, I, it's like, I don't know what that means. Jennifer, you have anything? What do you think a mandolin shape means? Anyway, um, but they they're long and powerful. Um, they a were originally with a pot belly. That's what a mandolin is. A banjo with a pot belly. <laughs> well, that's well. I guess that's what it is. But the interesting thing is, you know, of course they show rabbits, and they have this whole thing where they show you how to set them up. And I don't know how if you look this up online, what it looks like to show your giant Flemish or your Flemish giant rabbit. Um, the way they they arc their mandolin body <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> It's just, it's adorable. I mean, the whole thing is adorable. Um, so they were originally bred for meat and fur. And because of how they mature, um, it wasn't profitable for meat, which makes me happy because they're so stinking cute. I wouldn't even want to think about it. But it takes them up to a year to mature. Now, who would have thought that? Yeah. It's like, See, a, it's like a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at a picture of a Flemish giant on Wikipedia right now. Yes. And... They have comically giant ears. I mean, bunnies are supposed to have big ears, yes. but a Flemish giant, it's a big rabbit, but the ears are the mule of rabbit ears. Wow. They're, they're ginormous. They're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're huge. And, and it, and they well, and I hopefully we can share the picture um, on our Facebook page of um, how adorable they are with other you know household pets. Like they have, we have a picture of one laying next to a German Shepherd, and the German Shepherd doesn't look that small or that big <laughs> because this thing is so huge. That is not a miniature German Shepherd. That, that is, is a not giant a rabbit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so having said that, they make a great family pet. However, um, you have to be. They're, they're very docile um, and easily trained. You can train them to go like in a litter box. Um, talked a lot about making sure if you were going to keep them in a, in a rabbit cage. And I think we all have seen this before. There's different gauges and widths of wire that goes on the bottom of the cage. And they uh, suggest very much not to use the larger gauge on the bottom because it's very painful for their feet. So it's supposed to be closer. Um, you know, th that's for the ones that are raised up. If you, I guess you could keep them outside, like in a hutch, but they, like they said, they, they can be trained to use the litter box. Um, they, uh, giant litter box. <laughs> you'd, have to, yeah. you'd have to put them in a stall. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, this is interesting. They said, um, per 12 pounds, you need to have five square feet of floor space. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like what you do with horses for one horse. You have to have at least one acre. So, yeah. <laughs> So you're looking at good 10, 10 square feet if you've got yourself a 20-pounder. So you need to mark that down, guys. Um, <laughs> um, okay, they, they, they talk about them being docile and very affectionate. But like all rabbits, apparently they can become fearful very quickly. So they should be handled frequently 
and carefully. And the more you're, they're handled, the more trained they become. They're very, very sweet and they're very um, good with children. However, they do recommend to be extra careful because they are so heavy. Small children drop them all the time, which I just can't even imagine. I mean, some of these rabbits are bigger than small children. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, um, I think that they're relatively easy to manage as far as feeding. Um, they do have sensitive digestive systems, and that's kind of rabbits apparently in general, just not specific to our Flemish giant, giant rabbit. Um, you have to provide them with plenty of Timothy hay. And if you're a horse owner, of course, you know what that means. But you can buy it in the pet store or wherever you um, – you, they suggest to definitely not get a rabbit from a pet store, especially a, a specific breed. Go to a breeder. Or find out that there's a rescue, but um, same pitfalls Tim- as every other pet. Yes, exactly. Pet it's yeah. well, yeah, that's a very good point. Timothy hay, the pellets that you're supposed to feed, which is um, probably a combination of different vegetables and whatnot, but it'll have the vitamins and nutrients you're supposed to have. But spinach and um, um, and a couple other treats you can give. But a very important fact is that because the rabbit's teeth don't stop growing, you must give them stuff to chew on to you know. Uh, whittle down their teeth, (laughs) kind of like a beaver. Um, But they, you know, they suggest you can do different sticks and whatnot. Again, make kind of like a uh, Pomeranian. If you don't give them things to chew on, they'll find (laughs) things to chew on. They'll find something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. So, um, but this is funny. They suggested a cordboard cardboard boxes or phone books. And I just laughed. I'm like, I haven't seen a phone box. I don't know how (laughs) to So that's what you do with a phone book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you give it to your rabbit. Um, They need, they do need exercise because they are big. And last but not least, because they're sensitive more so than we would really think about. Um, If you're going to clean their cage, they suggest uh, doing it with like white vinegar, not a heavy chemical like Clorox Mm. or anything like that, just because they're super, super sensitive. And because their digestive systems are sensitive, that type of stuff you want to use sort of like, um, I'm sure anything from Warhorse would probably be okay. Yeah. 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 So, but what fun, great suggestion, Tigger. That was fun. I think rabbits, I hate to say it, Tig. I see us, I see rabbits in our future. I do too. I do too. So, and they get along with, and you know, and I'm, I'm assuming they're so large that most cats (laughs) will not have any problems. Can you imagine (laughs) the expression on the cat's face? Ah! Oh, I know. Harvey! Exactly, Harvey. <laughs> now I have to go. Get, I have to go get that movie on uh, Netflix. Well, thank yeah. you very much for the bunny rabbit. That was ex- that was very interesting. I didn't know all those yes. things about the the giant Flemish rabbit. I did not as well, but I do think that um, I I personally um, would be looking uh, more at the uh, the the steel gray or fawn. <laughs> <laughs> I want the party colors. The party and oh, there's yeah, party. I'm totally in the party color. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. And now we're at Critter Nutrition, and I'm going to talk about feeding the hard keeper. As the grass dies off in the fall, it can become more challenging to maintain weight on the hard keeper. Colder nights and days require more calories to maintain weight. To help put weight on a horse, my go-to food is stabilized rice bran. Stabilized rice bran is the outer brown layer of the rice kernel. It provides an excellent fat source for horses, providing 20 to 25% fat, and it is as readily digestible as corn oil. Typically, stabilized rice bran provides 15% protein, but it is high in the non-structural carbohydrates at 
So not a good choice for metabolic horses, such as those with Cushing's disease. Stabilized rice bran is high in phosphorus, so it's important that it be combined with a high calcium food like alfalfa. Timothy can also be a good source of calcium, although it doesn't provide as much calcium as alfalfa does. As a matter of course, having your hay analyzed is important so that you know how much protein, NSC, fiber, vitamin E, and macro and micro minerals your hay contains. Rice bran is commonly sourced from genetically modified rice. So it's important to check with the company you plan to purchase rice bran from to know whether it is non-GMO. New Country Organics does have organic rice bran, which I've used for several years and the horses love. The other product I really recommend is Renew Gold because the rice bran is non-GMO. It's grown in California, which has one of the lowest arsenic levels in the U.S. Arsenic has two chemical forms, inorganic and organic. Organic arsenic is less toxic than inorganic arsenic. Inorganic arsenic content in rice is a worldwide problem. Surprisingly, China has among the lowest levels in the world of inorganic arsenic in rice. The highest amounts of inorganic arsenic in rice in the U.S. come from Texas, Mississippi, Arkansas, and Louisiana. Renew Gold combines rice bran with coconut meal, thus providing 10% fat, 15% protein, and I have found this product to be excellent for weight gain and for maintaining a healthy weight for horses that are not metabolic. For Cushing's horses having trouble gaining or maintaining weight, I use Cool Stance, coconut meal, rather than rice bran for fat and protein in combination with alfalfa or timothy cubes or pellets. Coconut meal is low in NSC, but provides the necessary protein and fat for weight maintenance and weight gain. Healthy oils are another of my go-to foods. Unrefined, cold-pressed, and non-solvent extracted oils, such as hemp seed oil, camelina oil, and coconut oil. Flaxseed oil is also a good choice, but it can go rancid easily. I'm not a fan of soy or rice bran oil because predominantly these oils are solvent extracted. Healthy oils are beneficial for Cushing, Cushing sources as well. Live active yeast, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, Saccharomyces boulardii, support digestion of fiber in the hindgut. Studies on thoroughbreds showed a weight gain in 30 days on live active yeast. There is often yeast added to feeds, but it is not active or live. Commonly, it is labeled as yeast culture or yeast fermentation product. 20 years ago, when these yeasts were introduced into commercial horse feed, it was for increased palatability. It is not that these forms of yeast are not beneficial, but they cannot colonize the hindgut. Live active yeast is a probiotic. It is measured in colony forming units, just like yogurt and kefir. The minimum colony forming units to colonize the GI tract is 100 billion. And a very thin horse may need 200 to 400 billion colony forming units per day until a healthy weight is achieved. Particularly with older horses who may be struggling to maintain weight, especially in winter, feeding live active yeast helps stimulate digestion and supports the warming action of circulation. For horses that are thoroughbred or have a lot of thoroughbred blood, I make sure they have whole oats. The metabolism of these horses really can utilize oats very well, and oats provide fat, fiber, protein, and the non-structural carbohydrates, which these horses in general can utilize without causing metabolic problems. However, if your thoroughbred has Cushing's, don't feed oats. The beet pulp conundrum. For many years, beet pulp was recommended to help horses gain and maintain weight. It is still a beneficial food to give if your horse doesn't have access to hay 20 hours a day. 
Beet pulp is a great source of easily digested fiber, but is very low in fat and protein. It is safe for metabolic horses. The source of beet pulp must be considered. Most beet pulp in the U.S. is genetically modified. When Monsanto introduced Roundup-ready sugar beets, they made it possible for more of the herbicide glyphosate to be spread. Whether there is residue on the beet pulp after processing, we don't know. You can avoid the genetically modified sugar beet by using Speedy Beet, which also provides a higher amount of protein than conventional beet pulp. I checked British Horse Feed's website as they make Speedy Beet, but there is no mention of it being glyphosate-free. I don't recommend beet pulp unless the horse does not have access to hay throughout the, hay, the day and night. Chaff hay. This is a wonderful chopped and fermented alfalfa with yeast. It is non-GMO. It has more protein than beet pulp, 11%, versus conventional beet pulps, 8%. Chaff hay provides 1.8% fat, while beet pulp provides less than 1% fat. The NSC of chaff hay ranges from 3.5 to 4.2, so very safe for metabolic horses. I feed chaff hay in the winter to all my retired horses to supplement their hay and provide an easily digestible food. Due to the yeast in chaff hay, this food is warming to the body system, and the yeast supports good digestion of fiber in the hindgut. Really helps maintain a healthy weight, particularly with hard keepers. Turmeric. In Ayurveda, this is a warming food that promotes digestion, although it is commonly recommended for joints inflammation as well as for its potent antioxidant activity. Turmeric is nourishing and supportive of the circulatory system. There is a terrific product called Turmerical from Stance Equine that provides turmeric with powdered coconut oil and black pepper. One of the benefits of this particular turmeric supplement is the added powdered coconut, which provides more fat. My horses love it, and especially with older horses, helps keep them warm during the winter while also supporting a good, healthy winter weight. The importance of a CBC. If your horse starts to lose weight, it is important to have your vet draw a CBC so that certain health conditions can be eliminated or identified. I think it's a good equine management practice to draw blood twice per year, spring and fall, to make sure everything is in normal range. Managing ulcers, managing stress, feeding the right foods, and managing medications for the Cushing's horses, feeding foods that provide more healthy calories are some of the basics to feeding the hard keeper. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So we're now at Coffee Clatch, and we're going to talk about 
our favorite innovations in tack and horse care in the last 40 years, and also what we think our least favorite innovations are. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to start off because I, at the top of my list, are bits. Oh, it's interesting. Good. When I think, when I was a kid, you know, there was just a basic bit. I mean, there was a Kimberwick, and there right. was a twisted wire and then there was a snaffle and that was you know and a, and a straight curb um that was it and what i love about the innovation in bit technology is bits for you know depending on the the palate of your horse's mouth mm-hmm. it's so much more it's not one size fits all anymore you have well, so the many different, choices yeah and the different metals for salivation. Yes. And, you know, that's pretty cool. That's a good one, Tigger. What did you have, Patty P? Well, mine's not as good as that, but it's it's really quite simple. Um, uh, neoprene bell boots, the softer bell boots rather than the old. Oh, my God. The ones that you had the Vaseline to pull on. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I yeah. Just, you, you couldn't use Vaseline because that would ruin the rubber. You had to use ivory soap. <laughs> Oh, I always use Vaseline. Oh, we had to and use the, yeah, I um, yeah. yeah, I didn't do it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just went inside out and pull with oh, all your yes. might, with all oh. your might, and you yeah. bust your fingernails and bust your knuckles and oh yeah, yeah. Oh, especially and, if it was cold out. One of the worst, one of the worst what? innovations, those bell boots that had little pedals on them and it had a strap. Remember oh, they were, oh, they were horrible. So, oh, yeah, and okay, the noise that's they on our made would list. freak the horses oh, yeah. out. <laughs> yep. That's on the hate list. That's on the hate yeah. list. Thank you. Okay, definitely better. on the hate list. Yeah, definitely on the hate list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, yeah, I just, because I was thinking about, you know, turning horses out and, you know, when I ship horses, because the one thing that I've done since I've um, moved to Texas is I don't put as much stuff on their legs when I ship them because it's so hot, um, like I used to back east. I mean, if it's a little chillier out, um, and, uh, you know, obviously put standing wraps. Now, if I ship them, of course, like long periods of time I do, but, but if I'm just going to a horse show that's 20 minutes down the road, I generally just put, um, bell boots on and maybe quick wraps. And I was just thinking about how much I love the fact that it's not like some big plastic thing and they're soft and they're not heating them up. (laughs) Yeah. Jennifer, what do you have? Um, from, you know, there have been so many things. Uh, um, I think sports medicine boots, regardless of uh, what your favorite brand is, yeah. that yep. was, that is a game changer. That was a for big a lot of innovation. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally agree on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think huge. Yeah. Huge. Now, are there, are, since bell boots were one of the particular kinds of bell boots were on our hate list. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have uh, leg wear on my hate list. Uh, yes. Okay. Interesting. So what's on it? Weighted open front boots. Oh, huh. Yeah. Or weighted yeah. fetlock boots. They, oh yeah. They make them for the front. Why do they weight them? So that they'll pick their feet up higher. Yeah. Same way. Ray, same reason you weight anything on a horse's leg. Huh. There you go. Look how little I know. Yeah, didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I hate that too. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Circling back around to Tigger again. Yeah. Yeah. So um my next one is the contoured girth. Ooh. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Okay. I thought that was brilliant because I remember the days of string girds. I was just thinking <laughs> that. And even before that, when we had those, those you know, thinner, littler, um, you know, leather girths and short billets, mm-hmm. and the girth was like as long as I was, and some horses would get rubbed, and then you put sheepskin on it, and ugh, yeah, and contoured girths were just brilliant. Yep, I agree. And you know what? Can we add a a pretty and not that it's a tack thing, but another really cool thing that I love that you just made me think of was a girth sock. Remember the uh, the girth socks, oh, and they're yeah, really they're kind of elastic. I love them. Yes. yes, love them. They're very easy to wash if you have a horse that gets a rub, and they don't fall uh, off. You put them no, on they one do side, not fall off. Still there mm-hmm. when you get to the other yep. side. Thank you very yep. much. Yep, love them. Smartest thing ever invented for less than twelve dollars. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Totally go. agree. <laughs> Totally agree. Jennifer? Another one for me. It, and see, this is more of a development thing, but it affects me personally now. Uh, hoof mapping. Where's, which is, they've taken 3D models of hooves now. Uh-huh. They've created mathematical formulas and measurements so that you can map the foot. So that when you trim the foot, you can trim the foot to match the bone structures inside. Wow. Wow. Hoof mapping. And uh, it's made a huge difference in Nigel's life. And I think it's a pretty clever. Uh, that is pretty wow. clever. There are, there are sort of different systems and stuff like that. But as a whole, it's called hoof mapping. If you ever want to waste some time on, on scientific papers and blog posts, just Google hoof mapping sometime. And it's fascinating stuff. And it's all about just balance. It's all designed so that you can get the best balance of the hoof so that if you put shoes on, you can put the shoe on the most balanced foot you can. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, uh, one of the other ones that I had was, um, the new crown pieces to the bridles that are mm-hmm. a little bit bigger and give a lot of room for the, yep, um, for the ears. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and just, you know, and I was going to first, I said the padded ones, but it's not just the padded ones that I like. Um, I mean, I like the PS of Sweden ones and Mac Ryder has some different ones, um, it's that are very similar girth for the pole. Yeah, and it's so much softer on their pole. Um, but I do like the the padded ones as well, just you know, because they're they're cushier. What I, one of the innovations that that um, I really appreciate are the flexible trees in mm. saddles mm-hmm. that can yeah. be adjusted to fit the horse as it changes. Yeah, and that's that pretty cool. Whole idea with the wide gullets. You know that really mm-hmm. aren't pressing on the horse's spine. I mean, oh, that's wow. yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I agree with that. What else do you have, Jennifer? I have one more. <laughs> okay. And I think I'm pretty sure it's Bachman who developed this. It's a uh, European horse trailer company. They have a horse trailer gate. You know, you open the back and you step up, right? But mm-hmm. it's also a ramp, and it's interchangeable with one little switch. So you want to use a step-up trailer today. You flip the switch this direction. It's a little handle, and it opens up like a gate. So it's a step-up trailer. 
and then you close it and you slip flip the switch the other way and it opens like a ramp. Wow. Just like that. Now and what's that called again? Uh, I believe it's Bachman, B O C K M A N N. Oh, that's pretty ingenious. It's it's so crazy clever. We uh, yeah. I I heard about it because we had the lady that has the distributorship for North America on one of the shows once this couple yeah. years ago. So I started surfing around looking at at the videos they had up, and I'm going, "Dang, why don't we have this in America? Yeah, can't you do wow. that featherweight?" And it's 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 mechanical. There's no there's no electronics involved. It's just a little lever that you open and close that you can literally, if you have a horse that's ramp phobic, you open it up and it's a step up. You close it. You wow. get to the horse show. They don't like getting off of a step down a step down trailer, or you're paranoid about your horse. Slipping and getting his leg under the trailer, which a lot of people are. You open and should be. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty wow. cool. Wow. Yeah. Why don't we have that? Yeah. I'm, yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. I just bought a trailer that has a front out ramp. <laughs> See, and that's, that's, you know, why don't we have more of those? Hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're not hard to make because there's so many horses that have so many trailering issues that would not have occurred if they walked in the back and walked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's the only type of trailer. If Whether it's that, like it's called a two plus one. I, that's the only one I've had um, like that in the last 10 years or, you know, just a regular four horse where you can do that. Yeah, because I agree with that. Yeah. Especially if you have a lot of young that's horses you're boxes. teaching. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay. There we go. Yep. Um, so one of my my um, least favorite innovations is uh, complete feeds. <laughs> yeah, surprised. Oh, Tigger, I didn't. So, huh? Yeah, pred- yeah predictably, predictably. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Um, that's that's my my big my big bugaboo. I total I totally get where you're coming from, even for for some Yahoo like me who doesn't have the understanding of animal nutrition that you do. It's one of those things that some things shouldn't, you can't be all things to all people. It's like buying right, a exactly. leather cleaning product that's supposed to clean and condition at the same time. It's usually yeah. not going to do either very well. Right. I, can't, I totally get that. It's like, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, an animal that's designed to live on forage, creating, it's, it's not going to do either thing really, really well. So mm, correct. I'm going to pose a question to you, Tigger. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. For yeah. a horse who would need, quote, a complete feed. In other words, he's not able to consume regular forage, so he needs a complete feed. What should he do instead? I would do component feeding, and i do hay cubes and beet pulp and chaff hay. And, you know, you can get forage to your horse so the, without so many having forage to have a options pasture. In this, yes. This day and age. Because when, when complete feeds were first developed... There weren't a lot of forage options back then. That's true. No. But but when complete feeds were developed, which is, you know, 40, 50 years ago, it was strictly for convenience because horses spent a lot more time out. Mm-hmm. They did. That's true. And that's, an, that's on my next list of <laughs> uh, uh, innovations that I don't think are great is this, we used to give the horses the winter off. Mm. 
Oh, the year-round show season. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's interesting. When I, w- I was recording the eventing radio show earlier today, I produced that show as well. And one of the comments by one of the people on the show that day, um, a European eventing writer, and his, his co-host is also a European eventing writer, but she comes to the United States for the winter season because in Europe, things kind of shut down. It's their off-season. Yeah. And it was interesting mm-hmm. because he had a similar comment in that he said, you know, I, I like having an off season. It's yeah. good for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, th- I haven't I, thought about I that can... in years. And it's easy I mean, to... we used to turn the horses out. Yeah. Take their shoes off, turn them out. And, yeah. and, le- and then start legging them up in March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see the economics of having the season year round. I understand that. But it is very easy to fall into the trap as the rider. You're going to get burned out and you're going to become less effective over time because you never take the downtime. But And your horses can suffer the same problems in that they're going to be, you have the a great potential to shorten their career or make their career less stellar by not giving them appropriate downtime because it's so tempting they the competition's right there and there's pressure to, to, to go to it yep yeah i totally get it sure yeah and even getting the you know shoes off the horse's feet for a couple of months yeah. let them breathe let them be in contact with the ground yeah yeah interesting so yeah listeners if you have if you have favorite <laughs> or not so favorite innovations we want to hear about them and where should you they sure put do those? I think Healthy they should put them on help yes. or uh, on our Facebook page. Yeah, Healthy that's Critters what I think. Radio, on Facebook, there you go. Go over to Facebook, type in Healthy Critters Radio, three words, and <laughs> like that page, follow that page, post on that page, because it keeps Patty and Tigger going. Yes, it, really, it does. It does. It makes their life Because <laughs> otherwise we're on the edge. <laughs> And they or we're be, bunnies. And they'll need more yeah, bunnies. Or we're bunnies. Yeah, or we're bunny shopping. <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 